Welcome to the Rise Up Network. I'm your host, James Carmody. This is episode 190. The Rise Up Network is committed to sharing the good news, sharing those stories of servant leaders that are rising up and making a difference out there in their communities, in the marketplace. I have two amazing servant leaders that are in studio with me today from the American Lung Association, which we're going to get educated and get up to speed. Um, But I have Advocacy Director Debbie Kelly and Health Promotions Manager Julia Barnes. Ladies, welcome. Thank you. So, you know, American Lung Association seems like for me the first thing that comes up is, all right, smoking and then air quality and, you know, all that stuff. But there's, you know, obviously there's more. Um, We have stuff we want to talk about, San Diego as it pertains to us particularly. Um, But before we get into all that, I just... I'd love to know a little bit more about you and, you know, what had you be so passionate that you wanted to get involved and make a difference with this organization? Yeah, I, I, I think the Lung Association is a great organization because it's made huge changes in people's lives. We've really, you know, we've helped clean up the air. We have gotten rid of a lot of, you know, smoking and secondhand smoke exposure. And, you know, everyone in my family has asthma. My, I've, my mom and my grandmother died, and my brother died of COPD. Um, what is COPD? A chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Okay. So it's emphysema, Got it. chronic you. bronchitis, um, terrible disease to die from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've known people who have died from lung cancer because of exposure to secondhand smoke. So all of these issues for me are very personal. And mm. to work for the, you know, the American Lung Association, where we, we help individuals, but we also make big changes in society, I feel like I've paid, you know, I've played a, a role in making a huge difference in California. So important, you know, um, and I can only imagine, you know, when you have, you know, that many people that are near and dear to your heart that have those kind of challenges personally, you know, making this your life's mission. Yeah. 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 Julia? Um, well, it's a hard act to follow, Debbie. <laughs> um, but uh, similar to me, I, um, I lost one grandmother from COPD. I lost the other one from lung cancer. So um, this has always been near and dear to my heart. But coming from a public health perspective um, and having a master's of public health and being in that realm for so long, what I really enjoy about the Lung Association is that we're not just treating the problem of asthma, lung cancer, lung disease. We are taking that environmental approach. How can we clean up our air? How are we reducing our carbon footprint? So there is a a broader sense of how we're going to address these issues, Mm. not just go get a screening. It is how you can take steps in your daily life to make the air we breathe better. Got it. So, you know, so for us lay people, you know, the American (laughs) Lung Association, you know, what, what, what's the mission and what is it all that the association does? <laughs> uh, as the mission person, uh, <laughs> I will take this. Um, so our mission is to create a world free of lung disease. And for San Diego, we focus our efforts on a number of different things. For health promotion, we do um, Better Breathers Clubs, which are uh, secretly my favorite. So let's just keep it between Better us. Better Breathers Clubs, okay, <laughs> yes. asterisk. Um, they are support groups for um, mostly older patients who have COPD, emphysema, sometimes adult onset asthma, um, because learning from your peers and other patients is the best way to 
reduce your exacerbations where you are having a fit, you have to go to the hospital. What are ways that you are limiting um, activities so you're not really exerting yourself too hard, things like that. Um, not only that, we do have health education for healthcare professionals. We just had our Lung Force Expo, which was a few weeks ago, which educated patients and healthcare professionals on a whole host of topics on lung disease, um, anywhere from asthma to lung cancer. It was fantastic. Um, additionally, we also have um, our Asthma Educators Institute, which is mostly directed towards those who work with patients with asthma, so school nurses with kids, um, a lot of people at Radies Children's Hospital, and um, that's just a whole asthma education two-day course um, where they can get trained to get asthma certified. Um, those are just a couple things we do, but it's I mean, great. so important, you know, it, as, a, as a parent, you know, I have a 20-month-old boy at home and literally... Just last night, my wife and I bought an air purifier for the nursery for his room. You know, we noticed he's been coughing quite a bit, and now we're like, all right, we got to work on purifying the air, and then, okay, is there testing or things like that that we need to do? And we just, we don't know, you know, so we're like Googling stuff and researching things to the best of our knowledge. You, you know? don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's tough for parents of young kids because the kids can't really tell you what's going on with them. Yeah, you have just to make some guesses. barely became verbal in the last yeah. couple of months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, in that instance, what, you know, what would you say are, are resources that parents or people should be looking into, you know, when it, as it comes to their home and air quality in the home? Yeah, we do a lot of work in indoor air quality, and there's a mm. lot of sources of um, allergens and other kinds of exposures in the home. And so, you know, if your if your son, for example, happens to be a little bit sensitive, um, you know, a lot of homes have you know some molds, some um, you know basically little mites, and you've got you know all kinds of air pollution coming in from the outside. Um, you may have allergens coming in from the outside as well. And so I think what you're doing is to really monitor, you know, monitor the symptoms because I would say there's a high prevalence of misdiagnosis with kids your mm. son's age about what's really going on. And when you've got somebody who has chronic, it might be post-nasal drip due to allergies that's creating that cough, you know, it's, um, it's good to do what you're doing, talk to the doctor, clean up the air, and then just see... Um, if the symptoms persist, um, your son should be tested, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it sounds like, I mean, people need to be obviously purifying their air in their homes, in their office space. Um, give us some facts. You know, what does it actually look like? I mean, look like here in San Diego, like, you know, from an air quality standpoint, what don't we know? Yeah, so we just released our 20th anniversary State of the Air report, and it was a mixed bag, good news and bad news. You know, okay. the, good, the good news is, you know, one of the pollution sources that we measure, which is, you know, particulate matter, teeny, teeny little particles that lodge deep into the lungs. They can, they can go right through the lungs into the blood vessels. They can cause you to have a heart attack. They can actually travel to the brain. There's new wow. science that shows that there are brain effects from pollution. And so, for example, pregnant women who live in polluted areas have a higher risk of giving birth to an autistic child. And if you live near a freeway and you're older, you have a higher risk of Alzheimer's. So, um, 
and so for that particle pollution, our levels have gotten much better, and we actually got, for the first time ever, a, a B grade in San Diego, so that's good. The real okay. problem for us is the other pollutant that we look at, which is ozone. And mm. over the last 20 years, we've actually had a, a huge decrease in ozone, which is great. You know, we're driving cleaner cars, switching to electric vehicles. People are switching to renewables. You know, the utilities are. Um, but unfortunately, in the past five years, our ozone levels have increased by 42%. Wow. And so that's really, um, that's disturbing, and that's really driven by climate change. And people don't always know. So the, the analogy we use is that the ozone damages your lungs in a similar way to the way the sun damages your skin. Mm. Um, Long-term exposures to even low levels of ozone can produce permanent damage. And yeah. so... Um, unfortunately, our ozone levels are high enough here in San Diego that it's a health concern. Wow. Okay. So, what I mean, what are what are some of the things that we should be doing? What are some of the actions we should be taking? Yeah. So, so we know that the thing that has been making our ozone worse is climate change. And basically, there's two building blocks for ozone. One is what they call volatile organic compounds. So, if you're putting gas in your car, for example, yep. um, and you kind of smell the gas going in, that's a VOC. That's a that's a, a huge building block for ozone. The other one is the emissions coming out of the tailpipe of your car. Mm. And so when those enter the atmosphere, they are cooked by the heat and the sun. And the hotter it is, the more ozone we have. And because of climate change, our summers really year-round have been getting hotter and hotter. And that is really what is driving the increase in our ozone. So um, we have to limit the sources of ozone by switching to clean, cleaner vehicles, electric vehicles, um, things like that, using walking more, you know, using electricity, fossil fuels less. Um, but we also need to do what we can to limit the rise in temperature here. Sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that's, that's the hard thing. Yeah. And, it, you know, you hear people talk about, okay, Reducing your carbon footprint by how you, what do you use for transportation, right? Going to, you know, an Uber or some type of ride share versus having to SUVs per se, you know, to limiting, okay, single use plastics. You know, there's all sorts of stuff we can do. Um, it's interesting though, I, you know, I, I don't tie that to lung health. Right. But it's, it makes so much sense. Uh, you're not alone. I think connecting the dots between um, our carbon footprint and driving our cars and to air quality and realizing that they're all inter they're actually all interconnected. Yeah. You know, vehicle emissions and that's you know bus, trucks, cars, boats, trains, planes. You know that they produce ninety percent of the building blocks for ozone in San mm. Diego, and they're responsible for about 50% of our greenhouse gas emissions. So the good news is if we can, whatever we do to, relate, to reduce our use of fossil fuels in our cars and in our homes and so forth, um, we can have an impact. We can clean up our air, but we can also reduce the impact of climate change. Yeah, yeah. Julia, can you talk about, I want to share about some of you know, the programs that the American Lung Association is putting together, working on, you know, what are some things that, 
you know, the public and the Rise Up Network can get involved with. Absolutely. Um, so like I mentioned before, the Better Breathers Clubs are probably our bread and butter here in San Diego. They were actually started in San Diego by mm-hmm. one of the doctors, and um, now it's a nationwide program. So they're ongoing. They're all over the county. Um, we have about seven. We're about to grow to eight. Um, and it's just a wonderful program, not only for the hospitals, but also for the patients. Um, COPD is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, it's basically you can't breathe. Um, What I do when I go and educate people about COPD and what it is, I take them, I have them plug their nose, I give them a strut, I say, okay, breathe. And that's what it's like to have COPD. It's Mm. super restrictive. So these people that are, if you see people walking around with oxygen cannulas in their nose, Mm. most likely they are prescribed oxygen for that reason. Um, And it limits what you can do. You can't walk too fast you get tired taking a shower so as i mentioned before these peer-to-peer support groups Mm. are just for them to be able to live a normal life and to commiserate with one another about getting funny looks at the grocery store or i got my cannula caught on my chair my leg out ripped out of my face things like that um But also, too, it's about education. So we have respiratory therapists who do facilitate these programs, and they have people come in every month to talk about um, oxygen use, travel, but then it could also be um, uh, financial planning or end-of-life care, which is really big and not a lot of people talk about. Um, And so it is free. It's open to anybody who's interested. Um, Caregivers as well, which is really, really great. Um, And they're listed on our website at lung.org. And so these are these are all offered through the American Lung Association. But there's Better Breathers Club. There's Caregivers Club. You know, Better Breathers Club, that's a kind of a peer-to-peer group. Yeah, there, you can bring your caregiver to there as well. I mean, most most patients will come with their significant other or their caretaker um, along with them. So it's just one group. Um, but other than that, um, we also, as we mentioned, we have our turquoise ball. It's open to the public as well. Um, you have to buy a ticket, of course. It's our fundraising uh, gala as well. So that's what we have coming up, but more to come. Yeah, I, um, yeah. You know, as a, I mean, as a kid, I grew up with sports asthma. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I was a soccer player and, you know, then raced giant slalom and played rugby. But, I, you know, I remember it was, it was like fifth or sixth grade, the first time on a soccer field when I had an asthma attack. That's one of the scariest things because you literally feel like you're going to die. Mm-hmm. You can't, all you want is oxygen and you can't breathe, you know, and... That's my little example, you know, but I resonate when you say that, you know, people have all these different challenges, you know, all the way to something as extreme as emphysema to their prescribed oxygen. Um, you know, just the, the importance of that kind of awareness, that level of care for these folks is so important. Well, I think what's really interesting is that if you go into a room um, with late lay people or people that don't know about the lung association and you say you list all of the types of conditions you can have with your lungs say how do you know some that's been affected by this and every single person will raise their hand there's 33 million americans that live with lung all different types of lung disease and we're here to not only give them a voice but also to educate the public on we all have lungs so we should definitely be protecting them you know and it we're sort of we talk about 
providing education and services womb to tomb because you could be born with lung womb disease. To womb to tomb. You know, you can live. I mean, my, yeah, like I said, everyone in my family had asthma. I've got a little bit of asthma. Um, people in my family have died. Um, so, you know, lung disease is one of those diseases that can strike you at any age, as, mm. as you know, with your son. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, it's just, I guess, you know, one of the big things for me taking away from this conversation is the impact that our environment and our air quality actually has in our community on our individual health and well-being, you know? You know, we have a comparison. So, you know, we breathe in enough air, an adult breathes in enough air to inflate a hot air balloon um, over a year's period of time. And so all of the gunk that is in that air um, you know, some of it is filtered and trapped, you yeah. know, by our nose and so forth. But, you know, a lot of it can go. It's just huge quantities of polluted air. And it eventually it just starts to affect our lungs and our bodies. So um, it's a very vulnerable organ. There's not a lot sure. really to protect it from our modern sources of pollution. So <clears throat> let's, you know, let, let's kind of bring this full circle for folks that are you know, listening to us and on the Rise Up Network. What are some things that you would want each individual to do? Maybe, you know, research they're doing, air purification, environment. You know, what are some of those actions that people can take? Yeah, so I think Julia was right. You know, you look at the environmental sources, and so you, you just want to breathe the cleanest air that you can. Mm-hmm. And so you, you know, you look at your, your home, the workplace, outdoors. You know, if you are in a polluted area and you've got to be outside, which, of course, most of us want to do, then you want to limit the time of day that you might run. So, you know, hmm. don't run in the middle of the day because the air pollution is the worst because, of course, the sun is out there cooking the ozone at noon and 2 o'clock, so you want to be out and most active in the morning and the evening when temperatures are lower. Um, You really want to look at sources of pollution inside your home. You look at, I know I can't be around, you know, lighter fluid and things like that. I mean, it's just, you know, all of that, all of that bothers me. Is there a test people can do for their house or stuff like that? Um, there's some there's some great information on our website about the, the kinds of things that they can look at. There are there are you know air quality testing is available, um, but it's I think the first step is just to look around and see look at the chemicals that you've got, um, look at you know mold is important, dust mites. You know if you're allergic, put you know the the um, hypoallergenic covers. I've got that on my pillows and so forth. So the dust mites, you know, don't don't get to me. So it's a combination of personal acts and then um, just really environmental changes. And one last thing also is you can also check the air quality index online Mm. Um, every day. uh, I suggest my patients to do it and everybody, especially kids with asthma, um, there is a gradient, you know, green, yellow, orange, red. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you have any type of lung health issue, if it's yellow or orange, do not go outside. You can also check on your iPhones as well if you have one. Yeah. Uh, the air quality index will be in the weather app as well. In the weather app, the yeah. air quality index. Okay. There's an airnow.gov, which is super interesting to look at. And, for example, here in San Diego, we talked about particle pollution. Well, the worst 
times of particle pollution are usually Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's because people are using their wood fireplace. And you can look at the historic data, the air quality index, and you'll go, oh, yeah, hmm, it's red. It, that's not so good. So, you know, that's another thing is just being aware of things that you're burning. Um, it's better to use a natural gas fireplace than a wood-burning fireplace. Got it. Okay. I'm rethinking my fire pit. <laughs> Thank you for that. Okay. Um, all right. Let's, so website, how do people, how do people get more information? Where do we go? And then I want to talk about the fun stuff. I want to talk about the turquoise ball real quick. So we, uh, to visit us, you can just go to www.lung.org, L-U-N-G.org. All of our stuff is on there. You can use the search tab for any of those like little fun tidbits that we'll be talking about for, um, to get to those personal pages like Better Breathers Clubs and Asthma Educators. Okay, so lung.org, L-U-N-G dot O-R-G. If you're driving, make a note, but don't crash. Right. (laughs) If you're somewhere where you can write it down or put it in your phone or text yourself or whatever it is you do, do that, but lung.org. So you can just start getting educated, cruise the tabs, check out and see, you know, what's going on. And start just being more aware. And if I could add one thing, too, is that we have um, so many opportunities for volunteers. A lot of them are, you know, a a single event. We have a great opportunity coming up um, to go into stores and look at tobacco products, so forth, that, you know, kids and young adults love to do. So there's lots of ways to get involved with us. And you can be an ongoing volunteer. You can be a one-time only um, whatever works for you. We rely a lot on our volunteers yeah. and it is, um, it's very special to have them and we love having them. So incredible. Yeah. So folks, I mean, you know, if you're looking for opportunities to volunteer and get involved, obviously go to the website, you know, there's a lot going on, I'm sure on their calendar. You have this turquoise ball coming up, um, freedom from smoking, asthma, uh, educators Institute, What's the turquoise ball? Can everybody go, or is it only special people? <laughs> Not you so special. You have to be special. turquoise. Yeah, no. you have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, um, so it's on June 1st. Okay. Uh, tickets are available on the website. Um, I think if you just go on lung.org, you should be able yes, to you, find you, it. It'll direct you to the turquoise yes. ball on our website. So that right. is our main fundraising gala. Um, we honor people from uh, the San Diego specific community, which we will be announcing on May 8th at Kendra Scott um, at the fun jewelry place. We're doing a um, turquoise takeover celebration there. Um, so more information will be coming on our website for who we're honoring this year. Yeah, and I have to say it's a really fun event. Um, we'll have a band. We have dancing. Um, you know, you have to have good lungs to dance. Um, and to I hear you're a swing dancer. I am a swing dancer, <laughs> yes, absolutely. We tried to get her to dance at Turquoise Ball last year. It just did not work <laughs> out. Maybe this year. But it's very, I mean, uh, you know, it's going to be at the Marriott Marquis this year, which is great. great wonderful it's a venue. Great yeah. venue, beautiful. Um, I think, you know, people have, there's some unique features that um, probably our development staff would do a better job of describing, but... Um, the food's going to be fabulous. Always. The entertainment's going to be fabulous. It all goes to a good cause. So I, I hope that anyone whose life is touched by lung disease or who's concerned about the environment, um, I hope they check it out. Absolutely. So, folks, you heard it here. Debbie Kelly, Julia Barnes, thank you for everything you do. Thank you, thank you to the American Lung Association. Folks, check out lung.org if you're looking for something to volunteer or you want a fun date night or you just want to get out there and go swing dancing, maybe do that. <laughs> dancing with but get involved. And as we always say around here, rise up. Rise up. Thank you, James. Thank you.